Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wansley. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom, except for today. Today, we're working on your intellectual freedom. Why do I say that? Because today is officially my 65th birthday. Why is that important to the world? It's not. Why is it important to me? Well, because ever since I was a little kid, I've watched all the males in my family die by age 65. And there is actually two males in my family that live past 65 and only two. But all other males, two or three uncles and uh, grandfathers and great-grandfathers and every other male that I ever was acquainted with in my history died by 65. So very early on in life, I decided that I'm going to have to live my life as if I will only live to 65. And what does that mean? That means that like you live your life to retire by 65 and then have 20 years of being retired. I live my life as if I was going to die by 65. So I retired by 35, actually 34 years of age. But it took on many other twists. And today I'd like to share some of those twists with you. Not that they'll help you, actually. Um, More of a just get them off my chest again for the hundred thousandth time and to bring across the point to you that now that I'm 65 now I have to make some new decisions and some of you run across this in your life where you peak and then you have to make new decisions of what's important in life and you have to make a decision of where and I'm going to take my life next and so today we might get into a little bit of that but the reality is is that when I was just a young kid Oh, I don't remember how old. I mean, the story changes when I tell it because it's retro in my mind. What do I remember? What do I not remember? But somewhere in my life, I realized that I was born a fat kid. And uh, I was not loved by my father because he wanted an athlete. I was not loved by my mother because she had no ability to love. My mother was an alcoholic, a drug addict, and a complete lunatic. In fact... Back then, they used to give people 
uh, mental shock therapy. She got shock therapy. That's how bad they thought she was. She grew up as a destroyed human being because her father didn't love her, but her father came out of the Holocaust. He was a German Jew. And so my grandfather, Aha, is a German Jew. And he didn't have time for the kind of love she wanted. She wanted cuddly, feely, touchy love. And he just wanted to be alive. I mean, can you imagine going through the Holocaust? And then coming to America, getting away, surviving, becoming a successful business person, and having a bunch of kids. And she was the youngest of all of them, and she just didn't get the kind of cuddly, feely love she thought she should get from her dad. And so she had daddy-didn't-love-me issues. You know, you've always seen those kids nowadays that wear weird hair and tattoos and piercings because daddy-didn't-love-me enough. You know, they're just out there. You know, whenever you see one, you know it. It's just daddy-didn't-love-me. And so she had daddy didn't love me issues, married my father, workaholic, just like her father was a workaholic. He couldn't give her enough love. And so she retreated into drugs and alcohol. She was um, hypochondriac where she thought she was dying by 15 different ways that every day I, I ever met my mother, she was sick in some way. She was laying on the couch or laying in bed every day of my life. And so that was my induction to women right there. My dad, on the other hand, was never around. Uh, he was always working. He worked 12, 15 hours a day, five, six, seven days a week, trying to make ends meet and put food on the table, but really trying to satisfy her because he never could. He never could satisfy her in any way, shape, or form. So it was a constant situation that by the time he got home after working that hard, he would just hit the bottle and drink. So my dad was an alcoholic. My mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. She took prescription drugs. They gave her prescription drugs to keep her cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And so I had to grow up in, in the middle of that. Then about four years into my life, they had another kid, my sister. By the way, they'd already been divorced and got together in a, a fling and had my sister on a fling. So they got married again after knowing they couldn't live together, couldn't survive together. They got married again and because they got pregnant with my sister because they had a fling. All right, so you, you can see where I came out of. I came out of just a destitute family. And that's probably some of my strength. It's probably all of my strength, to be honest with you. So they had my sister, but she was too drugged up to take care of my sister. My dad was never there working, so guess who got to take care of my sister? I became a parent at four or five years of age, taking care of my sister, constantly being yelled at because I let my sister do stuff I shouldn't let my sister do. I became the consoler and person taking care of someone else. I was the person that was there to take care of people, take care of my sister, take care of my mother, clean the house, do the dishes, cook the meals. It's painful to talk about, but it's how I grew up. So how did all that turn out to be so good that I became a multi-multi-millionaire, a bodybuilder, power lifter, an Olympic lifter, football player, class president, prom king, because I was so hateful, and I was a little fat kid. I remember coming home one day telling my dad they're beating me up, calling me a little fat kid. They call me fat kid, pick on me, and then beat me up. My dad says, go back there and take the biggest kid there and sock him right in the nose. And that was a weird word they used back then. Sock him in the nose, and then they'll let you alone. So I went back the next day, socked him in the nose. So you realize that my dad had no idea how to deal with social issues. You move on. My dad shaved my head when I was a kid. He couldn't afford haircuts for me, so he got one of those clippers and just shaved my head flat. I couldn't see, so they got me Coke bottle glasses. So shaved head, Coke bottle glasses, fat kid. 
200 pounds in fourth grade. Why was I 200 pounds? Because I didn't go out and play with other kids, because I was a fat kid, because my parents fed me nothing but starch. We came from um, my grandfather on my father's side, came out of the recession, and they could only afford to eat rice and beans, potatoes, cheese. Everything we ate was military-style style foods. My mom didn't cook, so it was just garbage. You know, she thought she cooked, but it was terrible. And so everything we ate got us fat, got me fat, didn't get them fat because they didn't eat because they drank. That's all they did. So I got fat. Man, tough childhood. Finally, one day, I started reading books, and it changed my life. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the books and some of the things I found out about life that may change yours. Del Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle. Most Americans live a life of quiet desperation in a dependent lifestyle, dependent on first your parents, then dependent on your teachers, then dependent on your boss, employees, and then ultimately dependent on the government for your retirement package, your social security, and so forth. And that you never really break out of that dependency. You never really have control of your life. And so you end up living your entire life really is like a gerbil on a, on a wheel. Life of quiet desperation. You really never get to where you want to be. First choice is to try to mature, to grow up, and to get away from being dependent is to become independent. In which case, you have control of your own financial situation, both your cash flow and your asset base, and you, you need to do that. Now, the problem with most people is they can't do something like that in large chunks because they don't have enough money. So you start out like I did. You buy one rent house. This is the key. you got to start. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You've got to go buy one rent house. Now you're $500 a month free, er than you were before you had that rent house. Buy two. Now you're 1000 a month freer than what you were. You do it that way until you get up to where you you have about $10,000 in income, and then you can quit your job, and then you're totally free, and then you can go out there and buy apartment complexes because you have the time to operate them at that point. If you've got more money when you're starting, then you can just go start with an apartment complex and buy in, and if you don't know how to operate it, take the classes, you learn how to do it, but then you also hire someone else to do it for you that already has the skill set, and you can move quicker than what you could if you don't have very much money. But you've got to start somewhere. That's the bottom line. If you don't ever start, you'll never get there. It's not where you start, it's where you end up that counts. And the ending up part is the last part of this thing is at some point you're gonna to want to be interdependent and not independent. Interdependent means that you own businesses. You don't work in businesses. You own businesses and other people work in them. You could say you work on businesses and that would be true. I mean, I work on my businesses to some degree, but mostly on them and never in them. If you own an apartment complex, you don't need to go to the apartment complex. My wife goes to the apartment complex. I don't. She's teaching her daughter to get into business. So she's spending time there more out of love than anything else. The property's in pretty good condition. For COVID, I mean, 97% occupied, we're rocking over there. But other than that, the other properties, there's no need to go to them. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Today is officially my 65th birthday, and um, the reason that's important to me is only because since I was a kid, I believe I'm only going to live to 65 because all the men in my life died by 65, all of my family members. And um, so I just took it upon myself to give myself a goal to get everything done. I wanted in life to be done by 65, which is very interesting because I have done everything I want to do by 65. I've gotten there. I've done it. Been there, done that, had that, do still have that. Just the bottom line is, is that I forced myself to do it quicker than most people because I didn't think I had the time that most people had. Now, before we went to break, I was talking about the bad times of being a young kid and before I found the secret to success. And the secret to success actually became reading because I didn't go out and play with kids. I didn't get any outside time, didn't have any friends. My parents were both alcoholics. I had nothing to do but sit at home and read and or play games by myself. By the way, I played Monopoly by myself and I took on four different personas, the one on each side of the board, and played that game over and over and over again by myself with four different personas. I'm not gonna go into the personas today, but there's actually are four different ways to handle your money in life. And what it did was it proved to me over and over and over again, because I won constantly with the guy that was the real estate investor. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually was doing that when I was a kid. Um, so the bottom line is, is that I read a couple books that changed my life. The first book I read that changed my life is called Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And if you in any way, shape, or form feel like people control and manipulate you, in any way, shape, or form feel like the world has you in a place where you can't make the decisions you want to make in your life, read the book Pulling Your Own Strings. It's unbelievable. It changed everything for me. I read another book that's as good, but more in a holistic manner. Pulling Your Own Strings is about you and what people do to you that controls and manipulates you. Next book I read was called How to Live Free in an Unfree World by Dr. Brown. This was about society, how society wanted to control and manipulate. Now, Pulling Your Own Strings worked from the people closest to you out to society, right? This was generally society. How does society make you believe that conforming to society actually makes sense? So Dr. Brown's a libertarian. He actually ran for president as a libertarian. And it's why today I believe I'm a libertarian. I just, after you read this book, you can't be a Republican or a Democrat. You just can't. Because both of those two parties are trying to control and manipulate you continually to the point where the stuff that they try to make you believe is so obnoxiously wrong that I, I don't even understand it. I mean, I, I can't believe. I could go on and on, both Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, of the stupid stuff that they do. And you just sit here as a, as a resident of this country and go, 
Well, at least we live in America where these stupid people can be voted out. So we vote them out and vote in another stupid person. And they are stupid. These people that we think are leaders are the dumbest people in our group. There are smart people. There have been some good leaders. But the people we have in there now, these are the dumbest people I've ever met in my whole life. And I've never even met them. But I can tell you just from watching them, watching the decisions they make, listening to the things they say, the way they walk, the way their starry-eyed, daisy look in their face, they have no idea what's going on in the real world. They're just making it up as they go. And it blows my mind because as a libertarian, you don't want what they're doing. They're turning this country into a socialist country right now. That blows your mind. But when I was a kid, really the Republicans and the Christians had control of the country. And so... You can see what the liberals are doing. They're trying to take that control away that the religious right had forever, which meant you couldn't say this, you couldn't do that, you couldn't be with this kind of a person. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The right had so much control over the world, now the left just wants it. They want that control, and now they see they can get it because everybody who grew up under the the right-wing control of this country hates it so bad they've all become leftists. And that's why the right's losing now. The left is going to do the same thing. They're going to destroy this country all the way to the left so bad that people are going to be PO'd on it, and they're going to fight back. And then you will see the swinging of the pendulum back the other way. I've got to believe that. I can't believe that normal people can't see what's going on with the president right now, Biden, and his people. They're just out of their mind. And when you look at the, you know, the people that are Congress people, Gosh, some of these people should go to another country because they don't belong in this country. They just, they don't like the country. They want to be out of here. They want this country to be a third world country. And so the bottom line is, is that as a libertarian, I dislike both sides because I see what both sides do wrong to everybody else. I wish there could be a libertarian party. They would get my attention. But every time a libertarian party tries to exist, the other two parties gang up on the Libertarian Party and wipe it out. So it will never exist. People in the middle never exist. People on the far right and people on the far left, they make the money by creating hatred in both sides. So I've been approached by many people for years to pick a side at my company. And why don't we use the company and do this? No, 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 no. I've never let my company get involved in politics because I hate both sides. So... Getting back to where I was talking about when I was a kid, and I read these books, Pulling Your Own Strings and How to Live Free in an Unfree World, it taught me some things that were very, very important about not letting other people get in your way and and not letting other people dictate your mindset. So one of the first major mindsets that I had to overcome was, was that you're going to go to college and you're going to get a degree and that degree is going to give you a job and you're going to work for the rest of your life. I just didn't see that. I went to college. I got good grades. I saw people were stupid. I saw stupid people went to college. I saw that people wouldn't even go to school. They were paying money to go to school. They wouldn't even show up for classes. They wouldn't study. They wouldn't read. They wouldn't do the stuff. And then I realized that college was a sham. It was a gigantic financial sham. It didn't really do any good for people because the people that were rich were already out there making money. So I decided to quit and get out there and start making some money to get out there and do what really takes to be successful, which is to be an entrepreneur. That's how you make money. Really rich people are all entrepreneurs. Every rich person is an entrepreneur. They're not a college-educated person that had a job and became successful. None of them were. They are a person that decided to invent something themselves and get out on their own and create a company and take it on, take the world on. Now, many of them have 
more creative than others. And also many of them pick the right thing to do at the right time, which is really genius. If it's at all genius or just lucky, I don't know. But whatever it is, that's why they're rich, not because of a college education, which was a complete waste of money. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Ladies we were talking about at the bar who They've never even thought about retirement. I mean, the lady's in her late 60s at least. She's bragging to this young girl that she's made it, that she is the example of feminine success. The only reason I'm putting in the female part of it is because it made it even more brutal because she was screaming about women's lip, how this was a man's world. She kept saying that kind of stuff. It's a man's world. I made it in a man's world. I want my daughter to know how to make it in a man's world. And I think you should learn how to make it in a man's world. It was that she was making a, such a big point out of it, that that was so important to her that she had ruined her life doing it. And I'm saying ruined her life based on my definition of a ruined life. Being 65 years of age, still working like a dog, being with your employees at a bar at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, having the nightcap after you've worked hard all day long. That isn't a life. That's a jail sentence. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm celebrating my 65th birthday and um, doing so by reminiscing back to all the really tough times in my life and the turnaround times when things started to change. And um, really the, the toughest was being a child. All my childhood was just absolutely disastrous. And it wasn't until I started reading books that changed my life. Uh, again, the two books I would say that did the most good for me was Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And the other one was How to Live Free in an Unfree World by uh, Dr. Brown. And then, as I started to understand that I could take control of my environment, I didn't have to let people control manipulate me. My life started to change radically. First thing I did was I found a book about a guy who had weighed 400 pounds, had lost it down to 200 and became Mr. Universe. And I, I saw the book, I read the book, I saw the pictures, and I go, you know what? This is what I need to do. I need to lose my weight. And I went from a 200-pound fat kid down to a 150-pound skinny kid and then back up to a 200-pound bodybuilder, football player, whatever, in high school. And back 60, I'm 65, so 35, 45, whatever years ago when I was in high school, 200 pounds was one of the bigger kids. I was probably the second biggest kid on our football team. Nowadays, 200 pounds couldn't even qualify as the quarterback, probably. <laughs> it's just they're so huge now. They're feeding these kids steroids. And, and that's another thing. Nobody even will admit that. Nobody knows. But these kids are on steroids. It's a young age. They're huge. 300 pounds in high school just can't be. Doesn't exist, man. Which is no problem of mine because I took steroids when I finally became um, a bodybuilder, a powerlifter, Olympic lifter, and started competing for national awards. You can't compete nationally without steroids. Nobody does. It's a lie that everybody tells you, but every baseball player, football player, they're out there. They're on steroids. Just don't even lie to yourself. It doesn't exist. And the ones that aren't are on the fact that they were grown up from and came from parents who were monstrously big because they were on steroids and crossed over in their genes to say, well, Dale, you sound sour. No, I just know what the truth is. I've been there. I've competed against these guys. I've beat steroid freaks by taking very small amounts of steroids and being a harder worker. And that's another thing I learned out by being an athlete was that hard work can get you somewhere. Working hard, though, isn't as important as working smart. 
And that's another thing I learned is working smart. The other thing that happened was as I grew up and I started working out is I didn't have a place to work out. So I built a gym at a very early age. I did exhibition lifts when I was an Olympic lifting champion. I won the Junior Olympics and I did Olympic lifting lifts in the mall for tips, got the money, gave it to the YMCA. And we built out the YMCA gym so that we had a place to work out, worked out with um, guy named um, Fred Hatfield and another, which is Dr. Squat, the strongest squatting guy in the world. He had the largest squat by anybody, his weight, which was unbelievable. First guy to squat over a thousand pounds at 242. He was University of Houston's um, strength coach. Also was uh, Everson, Jeff Everson, who was the husband of Karina Everson. Karina Everson was Miss Olympia like two or three times in a row. And Jeff was her husband. And before he was her husband, he was my partner in building these gyms. Before she was married to Jeff Everson, she dated a guy named Bill Kazmaier, which was my roommate. Bill Kazmaier was the strongest man in the world, won the strongest man in the world contest multiple times. And you can look up Bill Kazmaier and see who he is. So Jeff Everson, Bill Kazmaier, Fred Hatfield, these are the guys I grew up with. They're all the best guys in the world at what they did. The strongest, biggest, strongest guys. And they taught me something. Bill Kazmaier told me something one time. He said, Dell, people don't want to see small guys lift small weights and say they're the best small guy in the world. They want to see big guys lift big weights, see the best in the world. And then Nelly came along and said, I am number one. Two is not a winner. Three, no one remembers. I am number one. You want to be it? You can't because I'm number one. And, you know, you just keep seeing it around the world that the guy that's number two and the guy that's number three in the world, just nobody cares. Nobody cares who's number two. Nobody cares who's number three. They only care who's number one. And you just got to realize that. And so I realized that at a very early age that if you're not going to be something important, you're not going to be anything because people don't care. And so there's a lot of you out there right now, you're living a life of quiet desperation. You get up every day, you go to work, you do your thing, you have your family, love your family, your family loves you. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not being ridiculous here, but it's a ho-hum, humdrum life. And you live that every single day. Well, I just would not allow that to occur in my life. Every single moment of my life up until now has been a contest to be better at something in my life. And I've accomplished everything I set out to accomplish. Every goal I ever wrote down. And I've been a goal writer ever since I was a kid. I've written goals down. And I remember when I created Lifestyles, oh man, 30 years ago, whenever it was, we, I sat down and wrote it out. Here's my goals. And... Within 10 years, I'd hit every goal I ever dreamed of, so I rewrote them. I made them impossible, impossible to, to reach. Within 10 years, I hit them again. Then I made them even more impossible. I'm going to be a nationally known, syndicated radio host, and my program and my company is going to be nationwide. Here we are, 30 years later. We're a nationally syndicated radio show, and I now have real estate companies. I own real estate companies in seven different states. So, wow. And we're, we're getting more all the time. There's just some places we don't want to own real estate companies, you know. There's some places where real estate is not profitable to buy. It's, we're not doing it just for the commissions. We're doing it because we help people buy real estate so they can retire. And so I learned these things along the way, some very major things I learned. When I worked in corporate America, I found out that your boss is always an idiot. And that's why they're your boss, it's because they're an idiot that somebody else likes because they'll be an idiot for them, do whatever they tell them to do. And then they look down to you and expect you to do whatever you tell them to do. And it's just, it's a chain of idi idioticies. I don't even think that's a word. I made up a word. But the reality is, is that everybody that ever 
had their hand above me in life as an employee is now one dead or two retired broke. Yeah. None of them that ever had their control over me has the money I have. Not even one-tenth of the money I have. Probably not even one-hundredth. And I don't say that to brag. I'm just saying to you that that's what that got them. And I could see that. I could see that's what that got them. And I could see it wasn't going to be for me. If it's going to be, it's up to me, was a belief that I had. But I also had this time urgency. I kept telling myself, but my dad died at 65. My grandfather died at 65. My great-grandfather died at 65. Now you better get going. And so I always had this urgency behind everything I did. And I got it done, which is really interesting. Because now I sit here at 65 years of age, celebrating this birthday, the one I'm supposed to be gone, and go, what do I do from here? Interesting point. Now, the other day, I was laying in bed just two days ago, and I'd gotten into an ant pile and got bit by about 20 ant bites, and I was all swollen up. I'm very allergic to things. Got sick. I couldn't breathe. I I got into an asthmatic state where I could not breathe. And I even went as far as to tell my wife, I said, I think I've got COVID and I'm dying because, you know, COVID, you're not supposed to be able to breathe. And so I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I hurt everywhere. This poison got into my system, and I'm very allergic to everything. And I thought I was dying. You know, it's going to be funny as heck if I die two days before my 65th birthday. That would be so ironic. Uh, But luckily, I took some antihistamines. I took some pain pills because I was in extreme pain. And I just laid in my bed and tried to breathe. And I did. By the time I woke up, my chest still hurt, but I could breathe. The swelling had gone down, and there I was. I was alive and well going, man, that was close. Am I going to make it? There's only two days left. (laughs) And so here I am, guys. I made it. That's the beautiful thing about all this. I made it. I'm successful. And what do I cherish most in life? I cherish most in life now. Things you wouldn't even believe. And when we come back from a break, I want to share with you some of the stuff I cherish. Because I don't cherish the kinds of things you think that I would cherish. I cherish the things... That changed me. That's what I cherish. The things that allowed me to become who I am. Now more intel to build a better lifestyle from Del Wamsley. Del, what did you do differently? Well, the only difference was that I figured out that I don't really want to be working in my business. Retirement then becomes a different definition. It becomes the day you no longer work in your business. I asked Curtis, one of our top investors, 75 apartment complexes he owns. I know it's not even close. He might have 100 now. Every time I turn around, he's got more. Because what he does, he keeps taking the money he makes from these apartment complexes and buying into additional apartment complexes. And I asked him, when is it ever going to be enough? And it wasn't really about enough. His explanation was it was about the power of having other people do the work for him. As long as he kept moving the money out of one deal and into another and rotating it around, he had all these other people that were leads of these deals and he was a passive. All these other smart people were working and making him money and he wasn't working to make money. How do you get there? You become a passive investor and you invest with everybody else that's out there doing it that are good. So you make some money. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. 
Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're celebrating my 65th birthday, one I never thought I'd live to see. Or if I did, I thought that would be the culmination of my life. And now I'm here. I've accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. I've set goals my whole life, hit every goal I've ever wanted to hit. And so I sit here now and, you know, you look back and go, well, what, what was really important? What is really important? And as I look back right now, what's important? How about my 16,000 square foot home with a backyard that is really almost better than any hotel resort you've ever seen? If you've seen it, guys, you know what I'm talking about. It's unbelievable. Uh, No, that's not the most important thing in my life. Uh, Do I love it? Yeah. Is it my hobby? Oh, my gosh. I spend hundreds of hours there just planting and digging and moving and taking care of. And, you know, it's a lot of work about all that work. (laughs) But no, it's really just a dream. I live a dream. I live in a dream. And I live a dream. So is it my incredible wife? Oh, my gosh. She's a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. She's perfect. She's every way, shape, and form perfect woman. Do we fight? Yes. Why? Because I'm not perfect. So I can't live up to her expectations. But is she perfect? Oh, my gosh. Perfect mother perfect wife, perfect housekeeper, perfect apartment supervisor. She's great. Unbelievable. So is that my greatest thankful? Nope. No, I'm sure she'd want me to think that was the most important thing in my life. It's important. It's probably where I spend most of my time, day and night, with her. I'm not a guy's guy. I don't hang out with the guys. I don't go on vacations with the guys. I'm not a guy's guy. I don't care about this stuff. I'm my wife's husband. And everywhere we go, we go together and do it together and so forth. So that's very, very important, but it's still not the most important. Say, well, Dell, what the heck could be your home? Is it your four cars, you know, having a Porsche, a Mercedes, a Cadillac Escalade and a Ford Raptor and whatever other car you ever want, because I could have any car I want. I just don't get into cars. So those are just four things. You know, I need a super sports car. My wife needs a super sports car. I need a big truck that I feel comfortable in, and then I need a pickup truck. Life would be nothing without a pickup truck for a guy like me. I have to have one. So I got one that's the most souped up one I can get, four-wheel drive, hopped up, raised the whole bit, because my wife told me that was the coolest truck to get, so I got that. So what is the most important? Folks, the most important thing in my life is that I've been able to touch 50,000 people personally at my company and change their lives. We've retired tens of thousands of people over the 30 years we've been in business. People come up to me every day. People write me every day. People tell me every day, you changed my life and my family's trajectory forever. Folks, there is nothing that a little fat kid with Coke bottle glasses that had no love from his parents and no friends, there is nothing in life that's more valuable than that kind of love. The love I get from my members, the love I get from my staff, because they're all members before they were staff, the love I get by giving to people. The more I give, the more I get. And I've tried to teach that forever and ever and ever that the results in life are directly related to how many people in life you help. The more people you help, the more of the stuff you want in life you will end up with. The less people you help, the harder it is for you to get what you want. 
people say, I helped somebody once. Why am I not rich, powerful, important, and known? Because once is not enough. Every single day, even now, 65, I retired at 34. Even now, I get up and do a radio show to touch tens of thousands of people on a syndicated radio show because Rush Limbaugh did it, because other guys like him did it. The world's a better place. And I hope that you listening to me, even just an hour a day, can make your world a better place. And I hope that you believe that, and I hope you take action on that. And I hope, for my sake, that you continue to do it into the future, and that I have many, many, many years left in me to be able to give, to help people change their lives. Because that is the real victory to be able to turn it around to turn it around from being the controlled and manipulated and put down belittled little fat kid to being able to be the person that steps into other people's lives and sheds the light from above that changes their life forever that is the blessing that is what I'm thankful for and will be thankful for for the rest of my life. Hopefully, not one day. (laughs) Hopefully, it goes on. In fact, I have no reference now. Since I thought the 65 was the end, I have to come up with a new reference point. I have one uncle that's 82 years old. Maybe that's my new reference point. I hope so. But more than that, I hope that. I hope seriously that. Listening to me, one hour a day will change your life. That you can have anything and everything you want in life if you realize you have to help enough other people. And enough other people is not one person. It's a lot. So let's get started with you now so that you, by the time you're my age, can be as happy and successful as I've been blessed to be. Let's get you out there helping enough other people. And to do that, you've got to figure out a way. Lifestyles, we offer you one, but you can pick others. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. We've got all these people that are struggling, wanting something to happen. But it's a problem that does not exist in our society. So it can't be solved in our society. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, if you go to financial planners, these guys, they're talking to you about how can you make some financial moves and adjustments so that 40 years from now, or by the time you're 65 years old, you'll be able to survive. Now that is their problem. And they have their solutions to solve their problem. But as Einstein says, You can't solve the problem at the same level of thinking that the problem was created at. Remember, it's not about money. It's about other people and lifestyle. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.